Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Are Pete. you ready to nerd? Are you? <gasps> <gasps> that was great. Do that again. Hi, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do the whole show that way? No. <laughs> Can we make that happen? I am very excited today. Are you ready to nerd out about? T- uh, tasks, task management systems. I can't wait. I I blame you. You said last week, you said, hey, Pete, we had to reschedule a thing because of the holiday on Monday. We were going to do a thing. We had to reschedule it. And you said, do you think you could come up with something maybe tech related or Whatever. Some, something that you do? <laughs> and I lost time over this. I got so excited about uh, just reviewing how we deal with and think about tasks and the work that we have to do. So uh, I'm very excited to do just a brief review. And I'll use a case example of somebody that I was working with uh, to help kind of manage some of this, uh, some of the story. So love it. That's Can't what wait. we're going to do. I'm very excited about it. Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or Of course, you can subscribe to the mailing list and uh, we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, get ready. March is coming. Oh, March is coming. And there is is a lot going on. We've got a lot going on. So we're going to be, uh, this is, this episode is actually going to go live on the 1st. Oh, well, then we need so to, as to people talk are a little listening bit about this. this. Yes. They're gonna, yes. So th- welcome to March. Welcome to March. Welcome, March 1st. Oh, March. Oh, I Or any time sunny. that you listen to this. Yes. We're very excited about it because we're doing a <laughs> pledge drive. We are. We're doing a podcast <laughs> pledge drive. I love it. It's a podcast pledge drive. So the month of March, we're going to do some new things. And what are those new things? things, Nikki Kinzer. Where would you like to start? Let's see. Well, we are doing a pledge drive because we have a goal that we've talked about for a long, long time. We need Mm -hmm. to get to 250 members to introduce the membership to our podcast placeholder. The podcast called Placeholder. Yes. (laughs) Hosted. I'm very excited about this new podcast. Pete Wright. It's it's Pete's podcast placeholder. Yes. And Pete posted the podcast placeholder. Pete, Pete has posted the podcast placeholder. And, yes. 
And, uh, but what's so exciting about this is we've wanted to do this for a long time. And we just decided, you know what, we need to make it we need to make this happen. So how can we make this happen? So we are dedicating the month of March to uh, hopefully get you guys excited about this podcast as excited as we are about uh, having it and sharing it because Pete, you are adored. People want to hear from you. They want to hear about more about your systems and, but not just about tech. It's also about you, you. You, you over there as he's shrinking no, down. I'm shrinking. Yeah. <laughs> In embarrassment. I don't, but, I don't care for it. That's uh, triggering no, a well, lot of anxieties, I know, I but know. I'm still very excited about it. It is. <laughs> and uh, so we have a goal and we've got a couple of things that we want to promote. And one of those is, of course, as a member of the uh, Patreon community, you will get this podcast. Um, and that's important to note, because if you are not a member of the Patreon community right. at any level, you will not get this podcast. It will only be for members. For it is a, for our members. first member-only podcast. That's right. Uh, That's placeholder. right. So it's so. A, it's it's a big deal. Uh, and one of the other things that we're adding to Patreon is we are adding a new tier, which is the platinum tier. Uh, and what this is going to be for $25 an, a month, you get all of the other benefits that you get at the deluxe and Supreme member membership, but we are adding two new, uh, services or not services, but aspects, benefits, I guess you would say, right? Mm -hmm. One is coffee with Pete. Coffee with Pete. Coffee with Pete. We do this. We do a happy hour every month. Happy hour is for Supreme members, uh, we are going to be adding for uh, platinum members at extra events. One of them is Coffee with Pete. We're going to get together. We'll talk about technology. I'm happy to screen share and brainstorm uh, to doist filters or, you know, anything you want related to technology. Or we can just uh, we can just uh, gab. That's we can right. just gab with some with some coffee wherever you are in the world. I'll be doing it at about I think we decided on nine o'clock Friday morning. Yes. Uh, once a month and on the off two weeks each month. You're doing something too. I'm doing coaching with Nikki in the evening time once a month. And what I want to do here is I want to bring up a topic that is relevant to the theme to what we've talked about on the show. And so for the next uh, few weeks, we're going to be talking about time and goals and things like that. So in the end of March, because we are giving these uh, benefits as a sample, Right. It's mm -hmm. a little promotion. So these are going to go out to any member. Taste. Yes. Any Just member at any level. So you can see if it's something that you might be interested in. And uh, what I'm going to be doing in the end of March is is bringing something up that I think might be relevant. And we can start talking about the things that you've learned on the show, support other people, connect, whatever we want. It's going to be fabulous. Very excited about that. In addition, we will be I'll be releasing the trailer and ideally Episode one in the month of March. Mm -hmm. We will not be going into regular production unless and until we meet that that goal and, and exceed 250 uh, patrons. We have been just nipping at that at that level for so long. Yes. If you have been thinking about it, if it's been in the back of your mind, uh, you know, we would love to have you on board. Join the community, get access to the Discord channels, get access to your very own uh, patron member feed for the main ADHD podcast that includes 
um, member jibber jabber in the beginning and end uh, that the regular feed does not include. We're very excited about doing all this stuff. Uh, we need you help, your help to get there. Again, it's all about making choices. Uh, for your help allows us to make choices in how we grow this community and do more stuff and continue to, you know, buy our shoes, that yeah. kind of thing. Keep keep the kids fed. And uh, so this this is our job. This is and it's hugely helpful. Your tiny contribution goes so far, so, so far in helping this community thrive. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is that it? Let's get on with the show. Yeah, let's go. Let me tell you the story. Let me just tell you how it all started. Uh, it started because I, you know, I've been doing this like digital feng shui for for folks who who need it, who call me, who want some support and how to think about how technology can help support their work. And that involves a lot of like, let's get into your computer and let's mm -hmm. look at what your task list looks like and, and that kind of stuff. And I was presented with this case where somebody said, I I am just, I can't, my ADHD is in the way of me getting things done on any given day. I just can't do it. And I have a rigorous system. So it's not about the system, my client says. It's not about the system. It's all about the fact that my ADHD doesn't allow me to focus and it's, et cetera. So that, you know was, the, the that was the case. what red flag is right there? Sure. Rigorous. Sure. Yeah. Rigorous. <laughs> right. I right. do not like that word. I don't like that word either. I don't like I, it makes all the little hairs stand up. So mm -hmm. it turns out that uh, my client had adopted the, the Moscow approach in Todoist. That was the tool that he was using was Todoist. And the Moscow approach um, is uh, the that you generally want to have uh, in any given day. You have your must-have tasks, your should-have tasks, your could-have tasks, and your would-have tasks. Now, he's adapted. He said, I have, I, every day, I want to make sure I have two things that I have to do scheduled on any given day so I can keep moving those things forward. I have two things that I should do that aren't urgent, but I need to do them, right? Mm -hmm. And I have two things on my list that I want to do, that I just want to in my life to make me happy and it fills some hole, whether it's me as a father, whether it's me as a, as a, you know, as a, a physician or a doctor, maybe it's me as a whatever. Like, I just want to make sure that those areas of influence are represented in my daily task. What do you think was happening in Todoist then? I think he was getting a lot of tasks probably backlogged into the today yeah, I, I, yeah. I can see this happening. Overdue. Oh, overdue, like probably a whole list of things. So many red tasks. Like, have you ever, I mean, can you imagine what it's like to have this system that you have in your head is the thing that's going to save you. And yet every day you open up your system and it shows you how behind you are mm -hmm. on all of those things, right? This is the, the stop curse of systems. It. Yeah, you're going to stop opening yeah. it. It doesn't mean anything. You don't care about it, right? Mm -hmm. It is just a thing that causes you shame, the big S. And so uh, I, you know, we we had to figure out what is it that's in the way of actually getting those things done. Now, he's really good at doing the brain dump, like getting things out of his head and into the system. Aces has no trouble doing that, right? So super aspirational goal but results were just terrible. And every day that interest compounded because 
the same number of tasks were overdue as the day before, but now he's added six more tasks that were now overdue and he was just unable to complete them. So we started looking at what the constraints were around why he couldn't get these things done. And I just said, hey, show me your calendar. And so he opened his calendar. And can you imagine, given what I've told you about not able to get the tasks done, what that calendar might have looked like? Well, I'm going to guess if he puts his tasks on his calendar and he has his appointments on his calendar, there was probably a lot of overlap, a lot of color, and a lot of chaos. Yeah, a lot of chaos. And that part at the very top, you know, that stacks your non-timed tasks yes. was thick. Those yeah. bars that were marked as just like all day tasks, right. just scroll and scroll right, and scroll. Because he but, probably wasn't putting times to it. He was just no. putting it as any, any time that day. So all day. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Now let me tell you why okay. he was not putting times on his tasks. Because he had no because time. he is a healthcare professional. Oh geez. And his yes. day is full of pre-scheduled appointments yeah, from 7.30 in the morning to 8.30 at night. Wow. Because he also runs group practice in, in the evenings. And so he has like, and, and I'm looking at this calendar, I'm looking day, 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 day of just solid blocks of appointments with client names in them, mm -hmm. with, with patient names. And then things start to becoming, to, to become clear to me, right? Yeah he's struggling because the windows of time that he has to do this work does not exist. Right. That window does not exist on any given day, right? So where do we have time when time is the primary constraint? It's the non-negotiable, right? What What is happening here? So he had this ad adherence to to-do system uh, to a fault, right? And, and I don't use that word lightly. Adherence to a to-do system to a fault. Mm -hmm. The to-do system adherence was failing him, mm -hmm. cascading failures, in fact, day after day, compounding interest of debt, of time debt, and shame. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I thought we might just run through a couple of to-do systems that we talked about in this session, uh, because these were the things that he'd been reading about and and kind of trying to adhere to over the years and a couple of new things that I've been learning over the last year or so that I think are interesting. And then I'll tell you what we ended up doing, which actually is deceptively simple. Mm -hmm. So uh, first, GTD. We've talked a lot about GTD yes. over the years. Getting things done. David Allen, uh, his legendary book, David Allen and GTD uh, is a great mechanical process for collecting the things that are in your head and your multiple inboxes and putting them in a system and tends to, with the ADHD brain, in my experience, tends to fall down after that, right? You do the yeah. core dump, you do the collect all the stuff, and then you, like the actual engagement and the work and the scheduling, it tends to get a little bit flimsy, unsustainable. And I even think David Allen has realized this, like some of his stuff has changed over mm -hmm. the years as he's as he's been evolving his his workflow. It, it works very, very well for an analog system. But once you bring it into our modern sort of phone, tablet, computer, cloud, right, uh, it, it becomes fragile. Well, and, and you have to remember, this was not a system that was for that was made up for ADHDers. 
Right. It, it, right. It's not, it's not thinking the way that, that somebody with ADHD might think. So I've always thought with GTD, there's pieces of it that I really yes. like. And then there's pieces of it that we have to just tweak and make it your yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Well, the core steps to ADHD are one, capture, right? Two, mm-hmm. clarify, make sure you've broken down every task into its simplest, you know, atomic components, organize them in, into, you know, where they belong. He has the whole 43 folders uh, m- motif, which does not work does for not ADHD work. in my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Review them. The reviews are good. And then mm-hmm. engage. But that's sometimes the, do the, the work weekly part. review is way too extensive. Sometimes it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I The only things I really keep around in my own workflow from GTD are the reviews, the daily, weekly, monthly. I really appreciate those reviews. But I it bet keeps they're shortened. That, they're really short. Yeah. They're yeah. really, really short. I, yeah. Because I totally agree with you. I love the concept. And this is where I learned it was from him mm-hmm. of having these weekly and daily reviews and and monthly. I don't really do the monthly as much, but I can see the value in it for sure. But it's shortening them down because if you look at his process, they're so I mean, it can take so long and no one oh. has the time to to do Hours. that. His weekly yeah. review can be hours of yeah. your like. He says, "Well, I'll sit down with my shredder and my letter opener and my all these for two hours on a Sunday afternoon." No, <laughs> no. not going to happen. Yeah, no. But the concept uh, of reviewing and taking a temperature check of everything you're, at, you know, of where you're at on everything, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And important, yes. really important to to make sure that you keep the stuff that you collect in your system fresh. Mm-hmm. I, the, my re- weekly review tends to consist of going through tasks that are not dated and not prioritized and making sure that they're still relevant. Right. And more often than not, I'm checking things off that I'm not going to do anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because they're no longer relevant. So that's GTD. So I come to GTD with a bit of, of uh, I think, healthy and evolving skepticism. And that was the same thing with, with uh, my client here. He was already ably collecting. That was a great piece of capture. He just, he's, the system is always with him. It's always there. He is really savvy about adding new tasks, whether it's scanning a, a bill and making sure it goes into Todoist. Making, he's really savvy about getting stuff into the system. So that wasn't a problem. And it was certainly what his primary takeaway was from GTD was smart capture. Right. So if we take one piece out of this system, smart capture is it. We did. We then talked about the, we, I mentioned earlier, the Moscow approach, right? The must have, should have, could have, would have. And this is really an evolution of a classic way of thinking about uh, prioritization, which is the Eisenhower matrix, Mm -hmm. right? This is the urgent, important Mm -hmm. matrix. So uh, if it's urgent and important, it means do it now, right? And if it is important but not urgent, it is cue it, like schedule it. Make sure you know where you're going to, when you're going to do it, what sort of time you're going to invest in it later. If it's urgent but not important, can you delegate it to someone else? If it's not important for you, but it is an urgent thing that needs to be done, do you have another resource you can have do this thing? And if it's not urgent and not important, do it later. And you can kind of imagine the four squares mm-hmm. uh, on the urgent and important, not urgent, not important scale. And that's that. So problem. So he he really likes this methodology, right? Thinking about urgency and importance. It, it's, a, it's something that he's really attuned to, but... If you don't have a clear definition of what it means to be urgent and important, if you haven't defined that for yourself, you're not prioritizing well. Not at all. Oh, I have so much to say. 
Tell me. <laughs> okay. So in GPS, my, my planning workshop, guided planning sessions, and we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. I actually took this metrics and I adapted it to what I would say is more of an ADHD friendly way because you are right on. What is the definition of urgent compared to important? Aren't they both the same thing? What is the, what is important? If what, what could possibly be important, but not urgent? Like it makes no sense in an ADHD or mind. And Right. How is something urgent but not important? So I took that completely out. Okay. Right? Because mm-hmm. that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Although I understand well, what you're yeah. saying with it delegating to yeah. someone else. but Especially because if, if important is the relative importance of you to do this thing, that's what important is the measure of. Is it important for me to be the one to do it? Right. And is it urgent that it gets done? Yeah. Right. And this, see, whether and, it has to be done versus me doing. Yeah. And that's exactly it is you have to be yeah. really clear on what important means, what urgent means, what these things mean. And um, I I kind of took it into a different direction and I do it by color code. I have red, green mm-hmm. and, and blue. Um, so... I think that this can work, but I think you're right on in the sense that you have to be really clear what these mean, what these mean to you and have very specific examples of what would be important and urgent. Like, how does that, what does that mean? You know, is it, is it a deadline that's due today? Is it impact? Like, is it because your rent is due today? Like you've really got to be clear of what that is. Well, and so can we talk just yeah. a bit about that? Because I know we've talked about that before in terms of prioritizing. I I think that deadlines can be a little bit fudgy, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because it's, quote, due today might not actually make it a high priority item. There are other conditions that you have to consider when seeing if when when trying to determine if something is a truly high priority, urgent item. What are those things for you? Like, how do you walk people through that? Now I'll tell you what we talked. Well, I think when I talk about deadline, I do mean like hard deadline. So if something is due today, I would say that that is a priority. Like you need to get but it. What on your is schedule. it that makes it due? Well, I think it would be the impact. Like, is somebody telling yes. you that it's due? So if your boss is saying at the end of the day, I need an email you know, a draft of this email so I can send it out tonight. That to me is a high, high impact, strong deadline. You, you've got to get it done. You have to make it, in, you know, you have to put it into your schedule. Now, if something, I think this is where it gets really tricky. If you have two things that are due on Friday and they're both due, like somebody is waiting for you to do them, then you have to dig a little deeper. Like, okay, mm-hmm. which one is more complex? Which one is going to take you longer? Which one uh, do you need something, you know, you need to get more information around? Like you really have to kind of dig into what, what you're going to do and how you're going to spend your time. And it may mean going a little bit back and forth because it doesn't mean that you have to do one project from from beginning to end, but you're going to have to balance your time to figure out how to get both of them done. But one may still need more of your attention than the other. So it is really, you know, I think it's digging deeper than just saying what's the priority. Like you've got to really... Yeah. Peel the layer. I, I have a number of tasks on my list that I have that are marked due today, mm-hmm. but they don't involve two conditions. One, uh, people or 
money. Yeah. Right. Those are two that I think are really important, even at work. Like there are two tasks that are competing. If I don't do one, one of them was a a thing that, you know, my boss said you have to do today because this marketing campaign isn't going to go out without this one thing. And if it fails, it's going to cost it could cost you some of your livelihood. Right. Right. You'll you'll lose some reputational credit uh, and it'll cost us delays in terms of printing, in terms of manufacturing, in terms Mm -hmm. of whatever. Mm -hmm. There are cost and you know, considerations. If the other task is, hey, I need you to design this thing for an email that is going to be sent um, later on today. Well, yeah, it's important. It might have been important for you to do, but there's more at stake with the other task. And it has to be prioritized over the first one. Right. Even if you have a close relationship with the person who's asking you for this thing. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be able to be clear about where you're positioning your time and attention. Now, I in in our case, we did go down that road. We talked about like, what does it mean to be urgent and what does it mean to be important? And what I advise is write it out, print it out and on a piece of paper that says that gives an example of something that is urgent and something that is important. So you have the matrix of these things. If you, you you need to know, and I think it's really important to have it printed out and stuck to the wall in front of you mm-hmm. so you can internalize it. Otherwise, you're rebuilding your rule set every single time you have a, a conflict. You, you like having a chart is yes, helpful. Uh, totally. And I got to add something here because I think this is so important. And this is something that I teach in GPS. Something else that has high impact that is urgent and important, but people never put into their schedule is their self-care. Yeah, right. So one that is important because no one else can do it. No. And and so one of the examples that I have when we look at red tasks is when is your yoga class? When is the exercise class? When do you do the meditation? Like you need to put that into your schedule just as it's just as important as that campaign that's due, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the week. But it's so hard to wrap our heads around that being in an important task of putting ourselves first. But I really want people to think that, you know, that is also that also goes in there. Yeah. You know, and you I think we see it time. as an act of generosity, yeah. right? That it's generosity if I if I sacrifice something that I would normally do in order to get something done for someone else. Right. But really, the sacrifice comes at a cost too, mm-hmm. right? A cost that may not pay today, but it will it will get you later. Right. You, that you'll have to pay that back. Uh, so anyway, All that's right. that's the it. Eisenhower matrix. We have a little digression there. Now let's the next one I want to just bring up is is Kanban. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting solution um, that moves us a little bit closer toward our goal of, of reclaiming some of these tasks, right? You, it's Kanban, if you, it, it means like a visual board in Japanese. And it was, I, I think it was a Toyota um, uh, conceit that uh, was helping them in their manufacturing process. And it was very, very, very straightforward, right? It, it, it had three columns and one major column below those three. And the three columns across from the left to the right are requested. Uh, The middle one is in progress or work in progress with a limit Mm -hmm. uh, and then done. Mm -hmm. And and then the, the one across the bottom was expedite. So requested was just the collected list of all the cards that it, each card contained a specific and well-noted task, a uh, job that needed to be done. Someone would grab a card, do the work, 
by moving it into the in-progress column, and then when they finished the work, they would move it into the done column. If something was broken or urgent that was blocking other work from being done, they would take that task and move it into expedite, which means that thing just moves straight through. Like, that is an urgent thing. That's like a red flag task that has to just get done. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the thing about Kanban. People love Kanban. And Trello kind of took over oh, the yeah. Kanban approach. And right? because you can has a view of it. That you can Todoist that has way. a view uh-huh. of it. Absolutely. And so if you like Kanban, there are lots of different ways to do it. But the problem with Kanban has always been that... People start a lot of stuff by thinking, okay, I'm just going to move this task into the work in progress because I'm working on it. But they don't set the limit, right? That limit is crucial. It is crucial because you only have a certain amount of bandwidth for a certain number of in-progress tasks at any given time. If you are a single person, You have one, right? There's one thing that you can be working on right now to completion to move it into the done column. When you're a small team, you have to consider how many people you have and what their limit is. Mm -hmm. And that's the fixed limit of that work in progress thing. So you see a lot of this for people who love Trello and they start, they say, okay, I'm working on like, I've got like 15 things that are in progress because in their head, they're thinking, oh, sure, I'm keeping all these things noodling around in my head. And eventually I'll move them through it. But that is an ineffective way to use Kanban. It's not the intention of Kanban. You have to be aware of what your limit is and how you are defining that limit in order to make it useful. That limit is the thing we we can take forward from Kanban into this system that we're kind of machining for my client. Right, right. right. Is that limit. Clear tasks, work in progress with a limit, done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Super useful for projects. But I do, especially with small teams, but I think that, um, you know, this is the thing that we can take out of this for our personal tool. Let's talk then about Scrum. Have you ever heard of Scrum? Yes. I don't like the, I don't like that name. <laughs> well, it comes from rugby, right? Oh, is that so, what it is? Okay, maybe because yeah, I don't yeah, know the fact. Yeah, it's a rugby term. Well, it. Okay. It, it is an agile uh, agile methodology. And this now we're talking about industrial project management, but often you'll hear people talk about uh, Scrum, um, it, it used in software development, used for all kinds of industries now, but uh, but it's a whole bunch of people working on a whole bunch of stuff and moving them forward, uh, Very uh, kind of an evolution of the Kanban. And the thing that is so beautiful about Scrum is this idea of sprints, right? A sprint mm. creates a project cycle that you're working on. So these cycles usually span one to two weeks at a time, and they're organized with teams of 10 or less. Uh, and and so what you end up doing is, like Kanban, you come and you take up a card or take up a job that needs to be done, and you work on that thing. And then at the end of the week or the end of two weeks, you come back and everybody gets together and has, um, has a review and a, like a retrospective. And you see, here's what did we get done? What did we get done? We're, we're only focusing on this narrow set of of uh, responsibilities right now for this one week or this two weeks. And then we report, how'd we do? Then we iterate and we try it again. And we do the next major milestone. We just really focus on these few things and we get to the other side of it. And then we review and we iterate and we keep moving through that cycle. Hmm. I this, this idea of sprints 
I think is really useful to take out of our of our project cycle or for our personal tools to take out of the business project management tool and move into our own, which says I have a thing, a project that I need to work on, and it needs to be done in a certain amount of a certain period. And I'm going to work on it exclusive of everything else because I have to. In this case, he's, you know, my client was also working on literally splitting a property that uh, his house is on so that they can sell the back half of it. He happens to have a super large backyard and he wants to split it and they're going to sell it so somebody can put another house on the backyard. That involves inspections and working with the city and getting the mortgages worked out and the loans and all those things. And there are a lot of different tasks in there that can be overwhelming. But when you put it in the perspective of a sprint that says over these two weeks on my personal side, my only red flag tasks are going to be related to this project, which has clear terms and a clear end date, uh, it starts to make more sense. Does that make sense to you? It You're does. looking at me like it doesn't. Well, no, 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 it does? it does. In fact, I'm just trying to go in my mind, like I'm going through my mind, like how this is so relevant in in certain situations that I've dealt with with clients and, and in GPS too. Because mm-hmm. sprints, I think, I, you know, when I think of sprints, I think of, of when we would talk about you know, you're doing a project, but you're doing a small piece of it and yes. you're, you're working up towards it. Pomodoro. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And there's a couple of clients in my mind that this is so relevant to. And I just want to quickly give the examples because I think other people will relate to them. One is that I have a client who has three major projects, right? He's a, um, um, a contractor. And one mm-hmm. of the things that we've done is have, has said, have, we have said, okay, let's, make sure that you look at each project every day for at least 15 minutes so -hmm. that every day you touch on it. So there's not a day that goes by that you don't do anything with it or you don't see it. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you're also choosing from that 15 minute, you know, for each project, which one you're going to focus on. So you're also looking at the priority and like what is due and everything. So it's kind of the same concept, a little bit different because it's not hyper-focused on just one project, but it's still giving you that time every day to say, I'm going to be looking at this. I need to that's the daily review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then the other thing that I see that is really more relevant to what you're saying is I have a person who is looking for a job. And one of the things that I think got in their way was, okay, I'm going to, I have to get my resume and then I have to apply and then I have to interview. Oh my God, interviewing. And then what if I get the job? And and so they're going, they're looking at everything all at once. Yes. And so in our session, what we did is we pulled her back to what is one job you want to apply for? Yeah. And then just looking at, okay, what are the requirements? Can you get that done by Friday? You know, and that I think is more of what you're saying here is like really pulling back and just hyper focusing on this one piece of it rather than all of it. Yeah, right. So for a week or two weeks, you might say, all right, I am instead of 
trying to find, you know, include in here, trying to find a gym to join and trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, do. I I would put all those things aside and say for the next two weeks, all I'm going to do is send resumes out. And those those are the tasks that are going to be. And so I'm not even going to choose from my list of tasks that that could go on and on and on. The only thing that will get my direct daily scheduling attention is going to be these things Mm -hmm. right before, you know, after all my other, of, of course, if you have work, if you have other clients you're seeing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like those things come first. But then for what the tasks you're trying to fit in, you're selecting from those things. That would be your sort of sprint uh, focus mm-hmm. for a week or two weeks mm-hmm. and give yourself permission to let some other things go for a yeah, while. Right. And that comes with costs, yeah. too. We, sure. that, those are our opportunity costs in there. You have to be aware of. But this if you really need to move the ball down the field, if you really need to get a job, a sprint might be a very helpful mental metaphor to help get you there. Mm-hmm. Finally, this is this one is both my um, uh, bittersweet, this one. It's called Agile Results. This is a project manager at Microsoft. His name's J.D. Meyer and uh, came up with AD, a, a, Agile Results. It really is for software development teams, but so many people are talking about Agile Results now um, as a way of integrating personal uh, project management into your life. Uh, and that includes the very, very high level, 30,000 feet sort of journaling activity to the very, very um, minute project focused, um, you know, triaging task list kind of a thing. Uh, I just want to run through the core practices of agile results with you very quickly. And I'd like you to just react to them once I get through all of them, because I think you will. I think you'll have something to say. Okay. Rule of three, the three most important tasks for your most important time frames could be daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, etc. Those are the things you're focusing on at any given time. Rule of three, cycles and iterations. Try something, see if it works, update it, try it again. Scannable outcomes, review your outcomes in threes. See rule of three, heavy loading or strong weeks. Skew your workload toward heavy, having heavy work weeks first. Frog eating. Four, time boxing or hyper-scheduling. Assign specific work to specific time on your calendar. Triage, GTD processing, right? Done, queued for work, delegated, scheduled. So triage, those are the four steps. Done, queued for work, delegated, and scheduled. Sprints, pick one thing every month and improve upon it. Complete it, iterate, do it again. Action lists, those are your to-do lists that fit inside of each project. And then reference collections, someplace to store your materials. And then fresh starts. Every time interval is a fresh start. You make a mistake one day, you have the opportunity to correct the next day. Okay. I know I went through that very quickly. Nikki, you have the benefit of being able to see the list. <laughs> Do you have a response to any of those points? Well, I mean... Because, boy, I do. <laughs> uh, I mean, my first response is that I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, great things in here. Um, but then I also think it's a lot of a lot of things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All at once, which is really confusing and uh, overwhelming because uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, it's so hard because some of these things, again, like try something, see if it works, update and try again. I love that. Practice what mm-hmm. you, what you have uh, and see if it works or not. The frog eating thing. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure I understand. Skew your work. I was ready. Skew, I was ready for you to respond. Yeah. To that. Skew the your frog workload. Eating toward having heavy work weeks 
first. I don't think that's a very ADHD friendly way of doing things. No, we've talked about that a bunch. (laughs) Like eating the frog Um, is something that's like, oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself by doing the hardest thing first. But that's not how the ADHD brain works. No, you're just going to avoid and avoid. So that that doesn't really work for me. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a, it's like everything are, you've talked about all in one yeah. system. And that's what Agile Results says. And this is these are really just sort of core practices. This isn't even like steps. Like it, it is a massive undertaking to create your own system. It's like bullet journal writ large. Like yeah. you are developing your own system and your way of thinking about things with these core principles or practices in place that that kind of help provide a framework. But it's a lot of work. I don't think Agile Results is is great for ADHD. I really, really don't. I think if you're an engineer, software developer, and you do this at work, you might have an easier entry point to to do this in your personal life. That's awesome. But generally for ADHDers, I'm not advising you to go do this. But I do think there are a couple of important things I want to pull out. Number one, the rule of three. The three most important tasks for your most important time frames right? That's huge. Because of the latter point first, you get to define how long your most important time frame is. It's not telling you do this every day. It's not telling you do this every week. Maybe your schedule is such that you work eight days on and have four days off. I don't know what your schedule is, but you get to define how long it's going to take you to apply these principles and get things done. And you don't have to give yourself that sort of daily review shame of, oh, I didn't do that again. Kick it to tomorrow. You get to say every four and a half days, I'm going to complete this thing. And that's really important to me. You define that. Right. Nobody else right. defines that. And that's big. The rule of three is handy because people think in threes. Right. right? I don't necessarily think you need to think in threes. I think you can think in ones. Right. You know what? Absolutely. We're also pretty good at thinking in ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't necessarily think about that. But I really like the idea of thinking in your most important time frames. For my client, he's sitting here thinking, uh, you know, I don't have a given day that has more than 15 minutes available at lunch. But I do have weekends. Right. Maybe my most important time frame is weekends. Maybe I don't even look at extra tasks until I get to, you know, Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. Yeah. So uh, obviously I'm a fan of time boxing or hyper scheduling. Um, So I like that. But uh, notice this one actually pulls in sprints. uh, But finally, the, the sort of overarching aesthetic of agile, uh, agile results is, is this fresh starts concept Mm -hmm. is the end of any time period. Forgive yourself Mm -hmm. the grief of any, uh, misses in the previous time period and start over. Mm -hmm. You get to start over every day, every week, every four and a half days, every six days. So the rule of three and important timeframes, I'm, I want to pull forward to our next, uh, to our personal system and fresh starts. We want to keep that in our minds. So uh, I agree to get started for this, what we ended up doing in, in my clients to doist is we just selected all of the red overdue tasks and we removed the dates and times associated with them. Mm-hmm. And so now what we have is this list of undated, untimed tasks. Then we went through and we applied the thinking behind our, uh, that we pulled out of all of these extra systems, right? The core dump, the scrum, the the rule of threes, the date-free prioritizing, and we started adding to-doist flags. The red flags are the, the very top 
most important, so important for him to do, mm-hmm. and urgent, the important to get done. So he's the only one responsible for those things. He's the only one who can do those things. His signature needs to be on them. There's money at stake. There's some sort of accountability at stake. Those are for him. Those are the first tasks that he chooses from on any given day. And so he'll look at his task list or he'll look at his schedule and he'll say, okay, I have 30 minutes at lunch. I know I have a task on this red list that will take me about 15 minutes. I'm going to schedule that task for that time window at lunch and only schedule that task for the day. If he can't get that done, he'll schedule it for tomorrow at the same window and he'll break the task down into smaller pieces. So I just want to. He's only picking from that list one task at a time for each available slot. If there's only one available slot, he only gets one. The tasks are undated. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing that I think is really interesting and a very different way of doing it is that you're then you're looking at the the red flags you're not looking at the date you're just saying okay i need mm-hmm. to pull out what my priorities are and then from there choosing it so yeah it really review re, uh, removing the date really does take away that shame of it's not done today i didn't do it today i also That's think right. it makes you really realize and think about what true deadlines are are too right yes. because yeah i mean taking that away does relieve that extra stress that you're putting on yourself completely because look at the look at the counter like what what are we repair repairing here what we're repairing is the same set of tasks that still have to get done and we're not getting done anyway mm-hmm. right because and and that i think is the fear when you start talking about this i'm just going to remove all my dates right mm-hmm. is oh my god but how will i know when to get these things mm-hmm. done but you're actively not doing those things now Right. Okay. So with that being unfinished, with that being said, though, then I think it's important that we also point out that there has to be some habit around doing a review of your list. Yes. Right. Because that's the daily review. Yeah. And so at the end of every day, after all the clients are done, you go through and say, did I get that task done? Check it off. Did I not get it done? Why not? Let's break it down Mm -hmm. into the things that need to be done instead and schedule those for the next day. Are there any other of those urgent and important tasks that we have to do, flag them, make sure they're flagged. And if they're, if really, honestly, they're urgent and important, they stay with you and you get them done when you have time available to do it. If they're not urgent, this forces you to say, look, I know I have to actually get this thing done, but maybe I'm not the one to do it. Right. And then you can delegate it and you can make that a blue flag. And that's how we ended up doing the flags, sort of doing a combination of the um, uh, of the urgent, important Eisenhower matrix yeah. and his very familiar Moscow um, must have, should have, um, you know, would have into that red, blue, yellow and no flag mm-hmm. at all. And his daily review takes about five minutes right. yeah, that's because he doesn't like he doesn't have time to to do any of this stuff right mm-hmm. it, like it, it's not like sitting there and thinking about all of the tasks that he has to do is going to serve him at all tomorrow right. when he has exactly 15 minutes to do one thing right, right that is beyond his current clients and so i i i'm not advocating that everybody just stop using dates altogether and stop planning no, and just no. do this because it won't work for everybody. But I do think if you are stuck in a place where your to-do system is a hot mess, mm-hmm. this is a great way 
to reset, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To reset your thinking, just select all, remove all the dates. If it's a mess, they're probably not relevant anyway, and start using flags to determine and, and assigning times to determine the work that you you actually really have to get done. Try it for three weeks and see what happens. I want to end on something that a client and I came up with. This was years ago, and I still have the same piece of paper that I wrote it on um, <laughs> because I wanted to capture it because I thought it was so awesome. And it's not; it has nothing to do with time or anything like that. But when we were talking earlier about the I must, I should, I could have, I would have, one of the things that we talked about in our session, and I don't even really remember exactly how this came up. It was that long ago. But we wrote down, I need whatever, I can, whatever the thing is, I will, Mm -hmm. whatever the thing is, I am, whatever the thing is. So I need, I can, I will, I am, you fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And it was such a positive way of looking at what you need to do, what you can do, what you will do, and what you are. And anyway, I wanted to leave that with you guys because I think that it was when when I first read the notes here and I saw the would, should, could have, that's yeah. immediately what came in my mind. So I love it. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about really quick, and then I know this has been a longer show, is please uh, check check out the GPS workshop, the guided planning sessions. This is This is what we do. This is what we talk about. This is what we hash out. Pete, I love it. I love everything that you talked about today. Um, And it's so important because planning and figuring out how to uh, fill your time and how to organize your tasks, it's so difficult for for people with ADHD. And they are so hard on themselves thinking, why, why, why is it so hard? And it is. There's a lot of executive functions that are going on. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made. There's a lot of looking in the future that, you know, time for ADHD is now or later. And so not a whole lot of in between. Um, So please check out GPS. It's on my website. We're starting a membership program, um, a monthly membership program for GPS. It's going to start in April. And if you have questions about it, make sure you let me know and we would love you to to join. So there you go. I think it's great. And uh, I I will say just because we used, you know, for my client, we used Todoist and Todoist is a, it's one of my favorite tools. Um, I do, I know that sometimes filters can be a little bit tricky for people. There's a little bit of arcana that goes into creating your own filter. And uh, I will, it's just text. So I will uh, copy into the show notes. Let's see how that works. Copy into the show notes, the actual text that you could copy and paste into your filter and create the review um, that my client ended up with. Um, and you can see how it looks just applying it to your system might mm-hmm. make it easy to well, pick red, blue. And on a side tasks. note too, I think it, your t- task manager system doesn't have to be Todoist or Things or Trello. No. It can be anything. I have students who work on a whiteboard. I've had people who work on clipboards. I have people that do do Todoist and Trello and Notion and all of those things. It's all in what works for you, what you need. I've I've seen people do a combination. A lot of people like to do a bullet journal along with a task manager system. So that's mm-hmm. the thing is just be really open-minded about what is out there and try not to get into that hole of 
looking at too many things or spending, I mean, too many, too, too much time. Because I think one of the things you've said, Pete, is get the trial, check it out, keep moving on. Like, what is your advice yeah. on that? Like, I know people like new shiny things, but it can also very much get in the way. You know, that is a great question. And I'm going to tease it there because I think we need to talk a little bit longer about it. Let's do that for the after show. All for, right. Uh, for this Sounds podcast. Good. So we'll hang it up right now. Uh, interested in the after show, you should become a member and get this right in your handy Patreon personal podcast feed. Uh, but for everybody, we appreciate you downloading and listening to the show. Uh, we really do. Thanks for uh, hanging in there with my long-winded um, task review story. I love this stuff too much. What can I say? <laughs> uh, thanks for your time and attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, head over to the Show Talk channel on our Discord server. You can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.